This program is presented by Zeeland Lumber and Supply. Good afternoon and welcome to the At Home Show on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. We'll bring you the latest trends and tips to improve where you live with leaders in the home improvement industry. The At Home Show is presented by Zeeland Lumber and Supply. Build. Trust. And now, here's your host of the At Home Show, Mark Vandenbosch. Welcome to the At Home Show here on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. Your host, Mark Vandenbosch, with you again. And as many of you know, if you've been listening here recently, the industry is going through some tremendous demand. And there's a lot of activity in new construction, a lot of activity in remodeling. We've been putting a spotlight on some of the conditions in supply, some of the challenges in getting supply, also on pricing. We've been talking with many leaders in the industry, manufacturers, leading manufacturers, whether it's LP or Anderson or Trex, Decking, you know, the list goes on and on. Today, we actually have the privilege of having Dean DeHogue. He's vice president of manufacturing for Zealand Lumber and Supply and Standard Lumber and Supply. And you might say, well, that's kind of interesting. Mark, you've not talked about that on the show before, but some exciting news to share is that Zealand and Standard are owned by the same company. And so there's a high level of collaboration. And I, I say it's a perfect time to be able to partner because of, again, the, the activity that's in the, in the market. And I say that Standard and Zealand will be leading the Midwest as far as lumber and building materials and manufacturing here for a long time going forward. Dean, great to have you on the show. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate the introduction. And yeah, it is some really exciting times when you look at two companies that used to be fierce competitors with a lot of friends between the two companies, but now all the collaboration going on together as one big happy family. And it's been great. There's a lot of upside. There's a lot of exciting things going on. And I am just personally excited for everything that we have going on between both Standard Lumber and Zealand Lumber. You know, and it's all about the customers, and that's every activity that we do is, is about making things easier and better for customers. And that collaboration, I think, is, is key. More resources, more access to, to manufacturing. And, and for today's conversation, we really want to focus on the manufacturing capabilities that Zealand and Standard now have. So, Dean, I, I want to have you kind of identify and articulate kind of that capacity and, and what all you do uh, and and the areas that you lead then we'll talk about market conditions and then we'll talk about like hey what does this mean for our listeners if they're going to build a, a new home if they're a builder and they're trying to grow their business in our our current reality sure yeah that's a great question mark um, well, let's even take it one step further back um, the average person probably doesn't realize that lumber yards are involved in manufacturing most lumber yards are considered to be, um, they've, got, they've got sticks, they've got sheets, they've got windows, they've got things to pull off the shelf to ship out to the job site. But more and more lumber yards are becoming more what's called vertically integrated, where they have internal resources to handle some of their own manufacturing, whether it's 
interior doors, exterior doors, wall panels, or trusses. So when we talk manufacturing from the lumberyard side of things, that's what we mean. That's the kind of manufacturing that we're looking at. And give our listeners a picture of the the geographic area and presence that that we have right now. So we've got a great footprint in the Midwest, particularly in Michigan. In Michigan, between our two companies, again, now working together more as one, when you look at the Standard Lumber and the Zealand Lumber team, it's a combination of six manufacturing plants for what I'm going to call rough-in manufacturing. So this would include roof trusses, floor trusses, and wall panels. And that footprint looks like this. We have a combined wall panel plant in Mancelona, Michigan, which goes under the name of CSI Components. And we have three truss plants under the Zealand umbrella, which go under the name of Zealand Truss and Components, one located in Elkhart, Indiana, one in Wyoming, Michigan, just outside of Grand Rapids, and then a third one in the metro Detroit area of Commerce. And then there's two additional ones on the standard lumber side, standard building components, which is in Walker, Michigan, and Bear Truss, which is in St. Louis, Michigan. And if you're wondering where St. Louis, Michigan is, it's in the exact geographic center of the Lower Peninsula. For the, that's great, great There's fact. a sign in the park to prove that. <laughs> Little known fact, and, and why wouldn't we talk about that on the At Home Show? You know, if you're just joining us, you are listening to the At Home Show. Mark Vandenbosch alongside Dean DeHogue, and we're putting a spotlight on manufacturing in the building industry, and specifically on, on kind of the roof truss, wall panel, and floor truss side of the industry. Dean, tons of activity going on right now. Talk about kind of some of the current conditions as it relates to your piece of our industry. So, yeah, there's a lot of challenges going on right now, Um, challenges that are coming from a, a, a few different fronts. So you look at the pandemic and some of the issues that that's caused on the supply chain. I mean, we're all familiar with the toilet paper scare of last year. So this year's scare is a little bit more on the building materials side with things like uh, oriented strand board, the four by eight sheets of sheathing that are used for roof sheathing and wall sheathing. And then that compounds into iJoyce because OSB is the primary component into iJoyce. So you have a few things on the supply chain that are a challenge, but probably even more challenging has been the escalation in the lumber market. And just to give you a little bit of perspective in the lumber market, if a 2x4 was selling for a dollar a year ago, it's probably selling for $4 today. So almost a three and a half to four and a half times increase in lumber pricing, just to give some perspective. Now, the supply chain problem is not as great on the lumber yard, on the lumber side, the lumber um, mill side, but there's just great escalation in the pricing, and the pricing has no end in sight. It continues to go up week after week. So that's probably been the greatest challenge. Yeah, and certainly a headwind that we're collectively experiencing, and the builders, the remodelers, and even homeowners are experiencing this if they are building a, a new home or remodeling in this time. You know, you, you shared some of that data on the dimensional, 
And we want to share the information, not for, it's not a fear factor or anything. It's just managing expectations. But I couldn't help but think OSB has even a greater, I guess, explosion in terms of pricing. Uh, could you maybe share? Yeah, that's that's been a really interesting one, too. And again, compounded by a number of problems. There's resin problems because resin, the glue that holds the chips together in OSB, that's the main factor that's caused OSB pricing to go up. But then it's just a simple supply and demand. There's a lot of houses being built. It's a substantial increase over what was projected for this year. And those housing starts continue to push the, the the supply chain, the supply cannot keep up with the demand. And then you throw in a little bit of some some storm concerns or some a little bit of hoarding. Again, let's talk about toilet paper last year. There was a little hoarding that goes on. Now there's a little hoarding that goes on with, with OSB and other products. So all of that compounds the problem. But the supply chain tends in our industry to work itself out. It just takes a little bit longer because it's a big supply chain and it's extremely complex and it's a worldwide supply chain yeah and to put it into perspective the the supply side of our industry has a current capacity to to cover a million five starts annually right and right now we're on track to get to one seven one eight is that are those the numbers that you're hearing dean yeah, they are pretty close. And then you combine that with housing starts in Canada are also very strong. And a lot of the wood that comes into Michigan, that comes into the northern states along the, the northern Canadian border between the United States and Canada, a lot of that lumber does come in from Canada. And if Canadian housing starts are strong, then a lot of that lumber will stay home where it originated. Yeah, so a lot of great things happening in our industry. There, There's a lot of activity a lot of demand at the same time some headwinds if you look at data and you shared uh, the numbers on two by material OSB a year ago just to paint a picture for all of you listeners it, let's just say it was 15 bucks about a year ago for a 716 sheet of OSB today it's around $60 for that same sheet so the price escalation is real it's out there and when we talk to a lot of the builders it's becoming more of a availability thing than a price thing. That's the information, the feedback that we're getting. Yep, that's exactly right. That will be the challenge is the availability. Can the supply keep up with the demand? Demand is certainly outstripping it right now, and that will continue until either more mills come online, more shifts get added, or there's other solutions. So right now, that seems to be the biggest item in the supply chain, and there doesn't look like there's any end in sight. So what do you do if you're a builder, if you're a remodeler, if you're a homeowner, in light of some of the conversation that Dean and I have been having? We're going to talk about that after the break. Stay with us on the At Home Show here on 99.7, 1450 WHTC. You're back on the second segment here on the At Home Show with Mark Vandenbosch alongside Dean DeHogue. Dean is the Vice President of Manufacturing for Zealand Lumber and Supply as well as Standard Supply and Lumber. 
and we're excited to have him on the show. He's a wealth of knowledge, has been in the industry for many, many years. I mean, combined, so I don't call you out, combined, um, I, I think we have probably over 70 years worth of experience in the industry. I'm not going to say that I have 10 and you have 60. I'm not doing that, Dean. <laughs> okay, that's pretty close. <laughs> okay, right. I think our listeners know, know better. You know, if, if you miss any of a show or want to refer back to some of our previous shows, please go to whtc.com, check out the podcast section, and go to the at-home show. We've got a library of our previous podcast on there and a lot of information even some of the information recently that we're talking about today we is worth looking at because it talks about some of the different sectors with our in our, in our industry as i was saying that dean i couldn't help but think different sectors have greater lead times to to get product and we've talked about that on previous shows with windows and doors and you know certainly osb is a challenge right now and decking uh, is something that as we get into summer we'll see more and more demand for can you educate our listeners as it relates to the manufacturing that you lead yeah that's a good point mark because you do hear a lot of scary stories out there on different products and how long the lead times are right right now in the manufacturing side of the rough end portion of a house things like roof trusses wall panels pre-built stairs, the, the items that we're doing in our manufacturing plants at Standard Lumber and at Zealand Lumber roughly take about a month, maybe five weeks. And then in the summertime when it gets really busy, it might hit six weeks. So again, it's not anything that's out of control. It's nothing that's too difficult to navigate. But again, just takes a little bit of preparation on the part of the builder or the contractor or the homeowner who's procuring the materials for their particular project. Yeah, and as we share information with you, one of the big things that's been a consistent thread with the guests that we've had on our show is that this year, more so than ever, you got to plan ahead. You have to plan ahead. That's exactly right. And it seems like planning ahead is an advantage to the people that are organized. Their job will go well. They won't have gaps of white space waiting for product. So um, building a house is a project. I, I did my own about three or four years ago. And organization is the key to success. Absolutely. Now, let's dig a little bit deeper into some of the products that are delivered from the manufacturing plants here across the state of Michigan and northern Indiana. Sure, Mark. So the most obvious one is trusses. So trusses are the triangular-shaped product that you see going up on top of the walls, which forms the roof. It forms the top plane for the roof where the plywood and shingles are applied. It also forms the bottom plane where the ceiling of the, of the upper level of the house is formed. So that's the, what's called the roof truss portion of the house. We also manufacture floor trusses. So floor trusses are similar to a floor joist, except it's manufactured in a controlled setting. It's got W-shaped patterns between the top and bottom cord, and it's all pressed together with metal truss plates. So that's what forms the floor 
structure again with the plywood being applied to the top portion and then often the drywall is applied to the bottom portion. So that's what covers trusses. Then we also manufacture wall panels. A lot of people will get a little bit confused as to what a wall panel is. So very simply, a wall panel is exactly what you see a framer building out at a job site, except we are building it in a controlled environment in a factory. So it's the studs, it's the top and bottom plates, it's the sheathing, windows and door openings are pre-designed and pre-cut out so that the walls just simply have to be delivered to the job site, stood up, and then it's ready for trusses. Yeah, some great products. And, and I want to go back to the floor truss conversation because there are some conditions in the industry right now that actually would make a, a floor truss a more viable option. We talked about engineered wood, the iJoyce, and availability and pricing. Can you talk a little bit about the advantage of maybe considering floor trusses in our current market condition? Yeah, the current market condition is a real challenge for iJoyce. So for listeners who don't understand what an iJoyce is, just picture the capital letter I that you're looking at, and that's kind of the contour of the product that's going on to form the floor system. There are joists that are going to be spaced apart maybe 12 inches or 16 inches or 24 inches apart. That iJoyce again is going to have the plywood applied to the top flange and drywall applied to the bottom flange and there might be some mechanicals that run in between. So the challenge in that supply chain right now is the shortage of OSB again. Not only that, but the top and bottom flanges are typically made up of either a solid sawn lumber material or a laminated veneered lumber. All three of those products, the, the different types of flanges, and the OSB core are all in short supply. So what does that do out in the marketplace? Many of the iJoyce suppliers are on allocation, which means that they're limiting the amount of product that they will sell to their customers. And quite frankly, they're scaling back in what they're able to supply compared to previous years. So what does that do? That opens up the door for alternative products. And that's one thing great about living in this country that we live in, is that when there's difficulties, the smart people figure out how to work their way out of it. And the, right now, the best solution is floor trusses. So again, floor trusses are going to be built in a floor truss factory. It's going to be two by fours, except be, instead of being on edge, they're going to be flat. So they're going, instead of going the two by four direction, they're going the four by two direction. And then there's W-shaped webs going between the cords, and that's all plated together with metal truss plates. Very similar to the concept of roof trusses, but used in a floor condition instead of the roof condition. Plan ahead and consider options, right? I mean, those are two key ingredients to having a successful project. You know, as we kind of land the plane on today's show, technology is a big thing, and we embrace it at our, at our business. What are a couple things that maybe are on the horizon or a couple things that you're working on technology-wise? That's probably the part of our industry that I enjoy the most, Mark, is just watching the technology advance. Um, I started in the truss industry in the mid-80s, and during that time, everything in the truss shop was tape measures, chalk lines, T-squares, trying to figure out how to make everything work. 
and there was not much in the way of a complicated truss. It, everything built was either a 24-foot or a 28-foot 412, and nobody knew what a cathedral ceiling was. So the times have changed. The software has changed. The technology and the plants have changed. Now we have lasers up in the ceiling shining the contour of the truss down onto the truss building tables. We have jigging tables with pucks that move automatically to form the outside contour of the truss so that it's just a matter of laying the 2x4s down into the gap between the pucks. The pucks move automatically when you change from one type of truss to another type of truss. There's automatic truss stackers. There's trailers that roll the trusses off automatically. So there's a lot of great technology, and there continues to be more technology. Now it seems like the greatest technology is coming in on saws. Saw equipment has evolved tremendously. The speed, the precision, the setup times, the saws are absolutely amazing of how fast it can cut the material and how quickly it can change between setups to where you take a saw that has five or maybe six blades and they just work so fast you can hardly see the blades move. Some great advances in technology and I would imagine safety advancing along with it, right? Yeah, it sure is. The safety is coming along. Um, that's what's probably the nicer part of some of this technology is that it's making for better ergonomics in the plant. There's much less lifting and pushing. There's much less repetitive motion that's going on when it comes to truss building. The safety in the saw environment is much better than it ever was. And also when you put in things like automatic truss stackers, you now have trusses that maybe weigh 250 to 350 pounds that are all being rolled out automatically and lifted up automatically and, st and stacked in piles nice and neatly without anybody having to touch them. Some great conversation on a really important part of our industry. It's so glad to I'm so glad to have you back on the show Dean it's it's been fantastic thanks Mark I really appreciate it and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in each and every week on the at home show we're so glad that you joined us have a safe and happy weekend everybody The At Home Show has been presented by Zealand Lumber and Supply. Build trust. Be sure to visit our website at whtc.com where you can listen or download this and other past programs at your convenience for free in the podcast tab. Join us next week for another edition of the At Home Show on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC, a presentation of Midwest Communications.